how do we pronounce your name properly? I've said it a few times and I've had a few people already correct me a bunch. Um, well, I, in Finland you, you pronounce it Aaturehti. But it, I, I know it's going to be tough for you, so yeah, that, that is, that's been a... 801. A little slower? Could you do it a little slower? Oh, I, I know. I Can you play it one more time? Okay, well, Greg says wait till the music fades out. You can say that out loud, too. You can be a part of the Halford & Brough Show on Sportsnet. I'm trying to hide that fact, but sure, just tell everybody, yeah. No, we don't need to hide. People love to know behind the scenes. That's why we stream. Someone got me picking my nose yesterday on the stream. They love that stuff. <sighs> they eat it up. Not the nose-picking part. It's part they of the experience, they don't need right? Up. Yeah, it's yeah, all part of it. It's like they're there. Halford & Brough in the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Hour three of the program is brought to you by Campbell & Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell & Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. Maybe the worst time dropped ever. That was pretty good. That was bad. Okay, let's try it again for a third time. Uh, this is, uh, I don't think it's Atu Ratu as how I've been saying it. Like, uh, I'm just learning the words for the first time. There's a little bit more emphasis on different syllables here. So let's hear it from the man himself. Atu Ratu. Atu Ratu. See, there's a certain cadence. You got to hold the ah. Atu Ratu. Atu Ratu. Can Ah uh, Toronto be a 3C <laughs> or even a 2C for the Canucks going yeah. forward? Well, this is mainly just for that texter that's repeatedly texting in that we're pronouncing it wrong, and it's ratty. It's not. It's not ratty. It's Ah uh, Toronto. It's very melodic. Ah uh, Toronto. The Finnish language is... Da bears. Quite melodic. <laughs> it is da bears. Da bears. Ah uh, uh, yeah, I see. had a very, like, Macarena vibe, like, Hey, Ah uh, Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> No? Going Am I the only goal. one? Yeah. Am I the only one? Going to score a goal and then he's going to do a celly. Hey, <laughs> Atu Ratu. Please make that a chant. That's the next Bruce. There it is. <laughs> Remember the Macarena? It's back. You're the Finnish guy. <laughs> request a trade before he even plays a game. Hey, <laughs> See, that's it. Is that not how this, this is how this is going from now on? I am a part of kid. easily the dumbest show. <laughs> Shorty, hey, used to, hey, Shorty used to do that all the time. He'd call me up. He's like, you know who's got a really good name to sing? Nikita Nikitin. You could do it to Hakuna Matata. Yes. Nikita Nikitin. Like, yes. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, Aturatu's got that. Um, someone, oh, Party Marty, who also has a good nickname. He just texted in. Let's just call him R2D2 from now on. It's not catching on like I thought it would. I think it might be too remedial for a nickname just because it sounds like something. And also, you don't know anything about Star Wars. Oh, that's a Star War? Yeah. There you go. Was he the bad guy? He was the droid. You don't know who R2-D2 is? Come on. No, was he's he... joking now. He does know that. Yes, you got to know. the. You know. Oh, okay. Who yeah. is who is the big gold English guy? <laughs> it's C-3PO. Right. That old golden English chap. Gold English guy. <laughs> he's super Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello, welcome Star Wars. I've never heard of him referred to as that before, the gold oh. English guy. I just thought that's what he was. <laughs> a little pretentious. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio, Kintech Footwear and Orthotics. Proud to be associated with this show, no doubt. Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. Is Murph on the line? Does he want no, to- he's not. Why does he have an accent, by the way? Who? <laughs> 
C-3PO. Why, why wouldn't he? It makes why him more, does he? It makes him like 10% more charming. Did the English exist in the Star Wars universe? I, yeah, it was a long time ago in a galaxy <laughs> far, far away. Look, you got to understand, like at, in that era, it w- it makes the character like 10% more interesting if you give an accent. That was the entire premise of Mr. Belvedere. Because he's kind of like a servant, right? So it, I guess he needs right. that like, Jeeves accent. If Mr. Belvedere was American, it wouldn't be as funny. But because he's English, he's pretty How many times proper. are you going to make a Mr. Belvedere reference? I'm big like into, two I, this week. Look, I'm in the middle of a rewatch, okay? I'm binging Mr. Belvedere right now. Wesley! Was that the one Bob Euchre was in? Yeah. That's dad, weird right? that you don't know that off no, the top no, no, of your head. No, 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 he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes I get confused with with Mr. Belvedere and who's the boss. They were all about nannies. There was a real big... There was a big nanny thing. Yeah. There was a yeah. lot of like... Well, it was just like a family comedy mm-hmm. or drama. And then they're like, we just need one fish out of water. So for like Family Matters, it was Urkel. They're like, what if we made him a nerd instead right. of a butler, right? And then there was a couple robot kids. Mm-hmm. Like, what if this kid was a robot? Mm-hmm. And then they kind of ran out of steam. There was a bit of nanny craze because Mr. Outfire came out in 93. Oh, that was way later. No, Belvedere ran until the early 90s, so it's around the The same. The actual nanny Mm. show. You know, Mr. Belvedere, he got sacked in the nuts during filming and they had a shutdown production. (laughs) I did hear that. I did hear that. I'm not kidding. Who sacked him? (laughs) Wesley. That was, he was always pulling (laughs) Wesley's I don't don't remember the specifics, but yeah, they had to shut down filming for an entire day. He broke, he broke, he broke character. He's like, oh my groin. (laughs) It's one of my favorite TV shows. I mentioned Murph is on the line. Is he? Yeah, he's been waiting for a while. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Joining us now. Sportsnet's very own Dan Murphy here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Murph? Well, I'm ashamed to say that I've been sitting in the parking lot of the Comox Community Center here listening to you guys for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> um, but do you remember, oh, I don't know how long ago this was, but someone's like trying to use NHL names into songs as you guys were singing the Atu Ratu. Yeah. Do you remember that? I, I, I can only remember two of them. One was, um, don't cry for me on her Dina. That's a good one. <laughs> And then the other one I believe was "Hold Me Closer, Dan Dekai. Yeah, that's <laughs> those are the two that I remember. So that's, that's what had me thinking. We're, right there. we're right at the stage of every Canuck season where this becomes quality content. <laughs> uh, oh my, I'm now reading the Mister Belfadier thing. It wasn't he got sacked. Oh no! What? Well, you have to say it now. <laughs> it's even worse. <laughs> they had to shut down the show. <laughs> Multiple times because he sat on his own balls. <laughs> like, like the Twitter video that went around of that guy doing that. We go. I mean, as as you get older, <laughs> <laughs> believe me, it's a problem. The world's toughest transition right now is going from this to Bo Horvat's captaincy. Uh, <laughs> the legacy. It's nothing like Mr. Belvedere's. But uh, well, we're going mean, to try. The team, the team kind of sat on its. Yeah, uh, there you go. Out of boy, Murph. <laughs> Thanks for playing the game. We have some yeah. lovely. We have some lovely prizes for you. Okay, uh, serious now. Everyone, take a deep breath. We talked at length. Now that Bo is gone, about his captaincy, how it would be remembered. We answered a question someone wanted to know. As you do those classic bar bar room debates, who was the better captain, Horvat or Nasland? I guess those two were comparable in some way, shape, or form. You got a very unique insight into the last four years in Bo Horvath's captaincy because he was the guy that was always talking in front of the cameras, talking to you, talking to various media members. Oftentimes it wasn't easy, but we said one of the things that his captaincy will be remembered for is that he always did it and he stood up and he answered the questions and he did it, you know, 
I don't know what's the right with word composure. with composure. With composure, yes, patience for something this show lacks. Constantly yeah. uh, being asked the same questions and not getting—I mean, I'm sure he's tired of answering them, but he never showed that. Did you notice that as well, Murph? Yeah, I mean, I think he he handled it with class, and I think composure is a good way of doing it. I think that's you know, if he was taking one thing from Henrik or the twins, I think that was something for sure. I also think it was in his DNA and. You know, you have to think about it. Like, his captaincy, I mean, just the Canucks is just a, I don't know what to call it, a potpourri of valleys. And, you know, there was hardly any peaks. It was all more, way more downs and ups. So, and he had to speak about, you know, COVID and shutdowns and coaching changes and management changes. All this on top of the constant losing. So there was, you know, there was the the internal noise of the actual hockey team and uh, how poorly it performed for the most part, but also anything else that popped up, he had to speak about that as well. It's kind of like Travis Green did for his last couple of years. He was always out there to talk about certain things that maybe the head coach shouldn't have had to talk about. And so Horvat was in the same situation. And I also found that while, yes, he was good at saying a lot without saying very much, he was, you know, he was pretty good, Matt. If there were issues like uh, BLM or residential schools or even the passing of Gino Ojig recently, you got the sense he did his homework mm-hmm. because when he answered those questions, it wasn't just the notes that PR would have given him. You got the sense he went back and he read some stuff or looked at some stuff. So I have to give him a lot of credit because this would have been a very, very difficult time to be a captain of this team. Uh, because, quite frankly, you know, the team never, I mean, it had the, the bubble high, right? And it had the Bruce bump last year, but really, uh, it was, you know, it was a tough time to, to be a Vancouver Canuck, especially be the captain talking about everything that had gone wrong over the years. So who gets the job next? Well, I mean, listening to Olivine there, he's, you know, specifically said Pedersen and Hughes twice in that press conference about who, they're going to look to to move up in leadership roles. Uh, he also said, we'll make our mind up here. And I, and I don't think that means make up our mind up about who's going to be captain. I think it was more if they're going to name a captain right away. And I don't think they will this season. Why would you do that? Uh, but I get the sense that Pedersen's the guy. Um, I think that's who they would like to name captain. I think the conversations they're going to have with him uh, or are already having with him would be very interesting uh, about his future, about what their plans are for the team moving forward, about a, a path to where this team can be good and, and in how long. Because if you're Elias Pettersson, uh, you just saw the captain go out the door, you're more likely going to see you know, uh, Luke Shen go, maybe one of Garland or Besser. This team is getting stripped down. It's going to be younger. And it's hard to believe it won't take a step back next season. Uh, but um, if they can convince him to stay, and you know, eighty million dollars could help do that very clearly, um, then uh, I think he's the guy. Um, he's around the same age, I think, as Bo when he was named captain. Yep, twenty-four. And it, yeah, and if they move, uh, you know, some of the more veteran pieces out, it is going to be a young team once again. So I think uh, with his age and perhaps the the curve of uh, the aging curve of this team. I think that's probably the right choice. If you feel like he's ready to step up and face the media every day, it's not easy. We still see how sometimes Elias searches for the right words because I think he wants to be deliberate in what he says. 
And I think that would be a very difficult you know, transition for him. Uh, but it also might give him uh, you know, a, a large boost of confidence. Uh, the belief of the team and the management group would have in him. And perhaps that's something that he would embrace and really grow into. Because I think this is a kid that is always striving to be better in, in every area of his game. And I'm guessing if he was tasked to take on a leadership role and to be the spokesperson for the team, it might be something he would embrace. A couple of questions on that. Could they really name him the captain before he signs an extension? And also, from what, from your interactions with Elias Pettersson, does he have the personality for the job? Well, that's the question, right? I mean, Naslin was a little bit older, um, but he was a very stoic, right? And, and I think Naslin's grasp of the English language was, was a little better at the time that he was named captain. Um, you know, it's so hard to say about a 24-year-old. I, I, like, does he want to be the guy thrust into that? And if the team is going to be in a losing environment for another three, four years, um, I, it's it's not for me to say. I, I I would think that, like, as of right now, I would not name a captain. Uh, I would not name him captain if uh, you weren't sure you could resign him. You know, it kind of feels like, didn't Gillis kind of give Luongo the seas or trying to give him a, a long-term extension? Was that not around the same time? Kind of. You know what? I can't. That that contract that turned out so well. That one. Yeah. No. But I I think that's I think that's around the time. So maybe Mm. it could be a carrot, right? I don't know. Right. Um. But you know, I would be, you know, I would be fine with the team not having a captain next season. Yeah. Me too. Right. If there's no if 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 Elias is like I I don't know I don't know what I'm doing I don't think you have to rush to name one Uh, I I I think that can be. a mistake. So uh, if he's your guy and he's not sure and you can't get him signed this offseason, I would I would think about going into next season without one. How would you describe Petey's personality? I mean, you called Marcus Naslin stoic. Um, mm-hmm. To me, like, this is a complete outsider's view, and I, I remember getting these things wrong. Like, I, I'll give you a good example. I thought that Luongo was, like, overly serious and then I remember I, I happened to be down in, at a game in, in Phoenix, of all places, and I had a press pass there, and I saw him, like, bouncing around the locker room singing an Elton John song. And I'm like, maybe the, the, the Luongo that we've seen uh, as fans and media isn't quite the Luongo that we see or that, that, that his teammates see on a regular basis. But my initial impressions of Petey um, is that he's reserved and maybe a bit of an introvert. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. I think that most of these guys are very different off camera than they are on camera. You know, there's very few guys the exact way that you see them on camera that they are off camera. Luke Shem would be one of those guys, right? And the way you see him talk and you talk to him off the camera. But most of the other guys uh, are not like that. Like Pedersen, you know, the camera's not on. You can have a great conversation about a number of different topics. Right. And uh, J.T. Miller, you know, you can have a normal conversation with that guy when he's not on camera. He's you know, on camera. He can be difficult sometimes. He can be great sometimes. So I would say, you know, 90 percent of the players on the team, when the camera's not on, they are completely different and, you know, completely normal. So I think that when the camera goes on, these guys want to be a little more reserved or careful about what they say. And, you know, probably rightly so. So uh, I don't know about introvert i think he you know a couple years ago with the social media thing i think he just really wants to be he doesn't want to give people ammunition or targets and um 
you know, that's that's a bit of a shame because you lose a bit of a personality because I think the kid really has a great personality. Mm-hmm. I think he was one of those people that wanted to open up and have a bit of a brand but realized that that probably would cause more harm than good. So, um, I mean, I think there is a personality there, whether or not he wants to share it or be more open about it if he was the captain. Um, I think he would grow into that, but he's still a super young man. Murph, what do you make of the Thatcher Demko trade rumors? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, when Elliot says something, then I have to kind of believe it's true. Um, But when Rutherford says to Thomas in that uh, press conference that, how about three years? And and Rutherford's, I think three years is more than fair to turn the team around. If you don't have a goalie, you ain't doing it in three years. And I think everybody kind of believes Demko's having what Hellebuck had last year, you know, minus the injury. Uh, And he's going to bounce back because I think, you know, the sample size, not massive, but he had been elite. So I think you have to be very careful about this one. Um, But again, if your timeline and internally you think, man, like we're not going to be good for four years or five years and if we're going to be that young, and this is a way you can pick up, you know, uh, some really good pieces. I mean, imagine if they tried to move him last year at the deadline, what you could have got now with the injury here. It's a little bit suppressed. I just think you have to be careful. Um, I know that everybody says with the, um, the core, it's kind of been, it's now Hughes, Pedersen, and maybe, you know, Kuzmanko. I would definitely include Demko in my core if I was this group because uh, we see some elite teams in this league uh, that are undone in the playoffs by you know, mediocre goaltending. And I think we can look at Toronto. I think we can look at Edmonton. Um, you can even look at Calgary last year. Now, they did yeah. lose to, to Edmonton, but Markstrom was you know, average at best. So I think when you have a goaltender that you believe is elite, and I, I still believe Thatcher Demko is, I think he's, it's a terrible environment that, that this team puts their goaltenders through. Um, I would be, uh, uh, I don't know, I, I would think long and hard before I traded him, especially right now when his value has been suppressed because of his performance at the start of the season and now the injury. Murph, thanks a lot for doing this, bud. We really appreciate it. Uh, what's the plan for the All-Star break? What are you going to get up to? Well, I went to uh, Whistler for a couple of nights and uh, did uh, some cross-country skiing with the family, um, and I'm not very good at that. And I uh, came over to see my dad in Comox for a couple of days. But after this, I'll head back home and get ready to fly to Jersey on, I guess, Sunday morning at 7.30 a.m. So not a whole bunch from here on in, but uh, you'll laugh. When the, the, I was sitting on my couch on, I guess it was Monday, when the news broke, right? Was it Monday? Yeah, Monday. And it was 2.30. I turned PT on. And you know how you have the operating system on your phone and, it, like, it says, okay, you have to update? Mm-hmm. I put it off for whatever the month. So I said, I'm going to finally do this before I go pick up my child from school. So I do the update. It says it's waiting. You agree to terms. You agree to something else. And right before the screen went, you know, black with the line going across it, it takes 20 minutes. Yeah. I see an email pop up, Bohorvat traded, and black. I'm like, oh, good. I don't have my phone for half an hour, and they've just traded Bohorvat. What am I going to wake up to when this phone comes around? How many phone calls? So anyway, that's how my Monday went. Murph, uh, good stuff, bud. Enjoy a little bit of time off, and then best of luck on the flight. You get a Sunday night practice, too, in New Jersey, as I understand it, so that'll be fun. Well, I don't. But the players do. <laughs> right. but I probably, yeah. go I fix probably will go to that one because it's the first chance. I'll talk to some guys on the plane, but mm. it's the first chance to really talk about Bo at, at that point yeah. and first chance to get to 
kind of introduce yourself and talk to Beauvillier as well. So I assume that we'll go for a little bit, uh, but maybe not the whole thing. Enjoy, bud. Have a good one. Okay, guys. Take care. Thanks. Dan Murphy, Sportsnet's very own here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. So is he flying out on Super Bowl Sunday then? Um, No. No, it's he's not. flying this Sunday. Right, okay, Super right. Super, super, yeah. uh, two week by. Let's call it by its proper name. The big game on Super Sunday is February twelfth. Okay, yeah, got so it. There you go. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm gonna do my what we learn now because we've had some people text in about it, some people tweet at me about it. This kind of percolated late last night and then got more and more large as a story overnight. In part because of where the story is taking place. It's on the other side of the earth. Jason, it's a totally different time over there in mm-hmm. New Zealand. Oh, New Zealand. Okay. So what I'm talking about is that for now, the head coach, the gaffer of the Canadian men's national soccer team, John Herdman, might be going elsewhere, specifically New Zealand. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, yesterday, uh, multiple articles coming out of various news outlets in New Zealand suggesting that... Uh, Herdman was deep in talks to potentially become the next New Zealand manager. And even agreed to terms. Some had suggested that he had already been the guy hired, was almost on the verge of ready to coach games until a personal situation popped up that prevented him from joining the team next month, which is when they were going to start to play some more competitive matches. Now, this is all sort of coming out of nowhere, and it's all coming from the New Zealand side of things. Mm-hmm. Virtually no Canadian media across the country was on this story until it started coming out of New Zealand. And it came out of New Zealand with comments from the CEO mm-hmm. of the New Zealand Football Federation. Like, we're not talking about unsubstantiated smoke and rumbling and rumors here. So, soccer guy, yep. does this happen in soccer where guys will sh- take an offer and agree to terms and then shop that deal in hopes to get the similar deal? Yes. Because I just short find answer, it- Short answer, Yes. A hundred percent. Because I find it hard to believe that John Herdman would take the New Zealand job, not just because Canada has had so much success under him. We're hosting the World Cup. Okay. On that note, um, while it's a guaranteed berth in the World Cup in 2026 for Canada, Mm -hmm. with the expanded field, it's pretty much one for New Zealand too. Like if they don't get in, it is a colossal failure. They're playing like Tahiti in the Cook Islands. Okay, and then now they actually because Oceania. So now they get, get one spot. It's so, not half a spot like before, right? It's like New Zealand spot basically, right? Now that right. Australia is out of Oceania, now it's, they don't have to go like play the team from that didn't qualify out of South America, right? Is Which that, is what they had to do last yeah, time. Right, yeah. Okay. And so anyway, see, I know my stuff a little you do bit. Know your stuff a little bit. Um, yeah. This is a really, really interesting story, and I've tried to. Uh, you've always been good at identifying big stories from the horizon. Mm-hmm. I wish I had been on top of this a little bit earlier, but I asked around last night, uh, like the legitimacy of this. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a thing. He definitely has not taken the New Zealand job, but is it, it is out there. And if you want to talk about leveraging your situation, consider this: Herdman is ultimately really familiar with the country and the federation. He used to coach the women's team. His son, who's in the Whitecaps Academy and has played for Canada internationally, has also basically made a recent switch to play for New Zealand internationally. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So there's a lot at stake here. The big thing that you need to know is that Herdman and the gaffer of the women's team, Bev Priestman, both need new contracts. Mm-hmm. 
they are going to leverage their personal positions and maybe do it in tandem to the hill because this is their chance to cash in. And it's a very profound moment, especially on the men's side of things. The guaranteed birth in 2026. The news last week, which happened again as we were off air, that they're going to be able to compete in the Copa America, or at least to qualify for it. Another huge major international tournament that Canada could conceivably go after. There's a lot on the line here. Personally, um, I was super critical of Herdman after the World Cup. I thought he for for his job at the at World, the World Cup, Cup specifically. I thought he did not do a good job. I think he got outclassed. I think he got um, too caught up in the emotions of it, and yes. I, I think it was more about the theatrics and the performance than the actual results. And as a manager, when it starts to go into that, you really open yourself to, up to criticisms. Mm-hmm. That said. Uh, I still think he's the guy for this job because I still think this program has so much to do in a growing sense, and he's very good at that. And his players seem to like him. Yeah, he's very good there at... There seems or- to be some loyalty there. I think he's almost a better program organizer than he is a manager. I think that his ability to organize and motivate is better than his ability to do tactics and X's and O's. Sure. And this program, led by a completely dysfunctional outfit in the Canadian Soccer Association needs a guy that is able to do all those things that, quite frankly, the organization won't be able to do because it's such a cluster. Give us a moo cow on that. <laughs> text your What We Learns into the Dunbar Lumber text line at 650-650. We will read them on the other side of the Halford & Brough Show on Sportsnet 650. Talking all Canucks all the time. It's Canucks Talk with Jamie Dodd and Thomas Drance. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For my favorite part of the show. Well, that's a talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always dead. 833 on a Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. There it is. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Accurate Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Accurate Dealer today. Hour three of the program. Brought to you by Campbell & Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell & Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. Last half hour of the program on a Wednesday. It's time now for What We Learn's Humanoid Edition. Unless, I repeat, unless the dogs want to jump in. Laddie has raised his hand. Well, I'm watching Randeep on my TV. He's with, with Tim right now, Tim McAuliffe. He is one of on the, the, fr- the aforementioned friends of Tim and friends. Talking about how he's going to wrestle that bear. Mm-hmm. I think he's... The way he's gesturing makes it sound like he's going to go for the head first. I don't know if that's a good plan. but uh, my What we learned, I, I do have one, by the okay. way. Okay, yeah, uh, go. I'm the guy that likes to give the other sports some love. I know you guys stick to your main ones, but uh, I'm going to show lacrosse okay. a little bit of love, although it's not for great reasons for the Vancouver Warriors. Uh, okay. Mitch Jones was traded away. He's a, a longtime Vancouver Warrior, a local guy. He's from the Delta area. Mm-hmm. We had him on the show, didn't we? I believe we've had him on before, yeah. 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 And he was, he's was he been moved to Philadelphia. So the, the, the Warriors are not having a great season so far. I don't know if you guys have been following along NLL. How many wins? Do they have one? One win? I'm actually not sure. It's, okay. it's been a long slog so I far. I went to their home opener, and they yeah. were down 9-1 early on. It's a tough yeah, hole to climb out of. Yeah. It's a bit of a, a rebuild situation going on. So I just wanted to, to mention to Mitch Jones, a, a guy who's done a lot for the community, is mm-hmm. uh, on his way out of Vancouver. Well, good luck to Mitch. Give us a moo on that. 
Andy, do you have one? Very quick. Okay. Uh, Laddie pointed out this morning, Joey Kenward tweeting about it as well. Uh, good chance a Canadian Junior Hockey League record gets set tonight. Connor Bedard, uh, WHL Pats, are visiting the Hitmen at the Saddle Dome, and they're expecting a sold-out crowd, capacity crowd tonight. Uh, for what it's worth, the attendance record for an interview game up to tonight uh, was 19,305 March 16, 2008, Calgary versus Kootenai. So this one tonight is going to beat, beat that. Saddle Dome sold out to watch Connor Bedard. That is pretty impressive. Selling out the saddle dome. People seem to like this kid. Yeah. I think he's going to be good. <laughs> I think he's got a chance. Maybe. Might have a future. By the way, the Warriors, as you confirmed, are 1-6 this season. There you mm-hmm. go. I feel like that's fairly important information to have mm-hmm. at the time. Uh, games at the saddle dome tonight? Yes. Okay. Nice. Uh, Mook, how that? <laughs> Humanoid time. I'm going to start with one from Silverio in Victoria. What we learned, the current Canucks roster has just four players drafted by this organization. Besser, Hughes, Petey, and Demko. Do you want a clear signal that this team has a drafting problem? And then he says, which team besides the AHL team has the second most players drafted by the Canucks? Uh, Yekaterinburg Automobilist. Oh, yeah, they're with the best. Tramkin, uh, Zukanov, and Shurokov. Someone else just texted in and they said that the Lottie Pelicans... Not like Latida, L-A-H-T-I of the Finnish League, also have uh, Lucas Yasik, mm-hmm. Tony Utenen, mm-hmm. uh, and then an Anderson and a Pearson. So I think it's Victor Pearson, right? That is pretty shocking, though, that only four roster players right now have been drafted by the Canucks. Of course, it was five do you know with Horvat. Do you know who the longest tenured Canuck is right now? Besser? Yeah. Yeah, 2017, Brock and, Besser. And, and, like, we're all expecting him to be traded. So who will be the next? Right. No, I, that, I, we've talked at length about the very poor lineage of drafting collectively over the last yeah. 10 years. Not well, enough, and also not enough just, picks, not hitting yeah. on the high-end picks. So it's not really surprising, but when you it's thrown in your face like that, mm-hmm. with a jarring statistic that Avmotobilist Yekaterinburg <laughs> has as many draftees. It's Yeah, it's a little jarring for sure. Uh, do you want to do this one, Chayton in Surrey? Have you got that one flagged? Read it's it out, a, and I can do it. Uh, I know the, which one you're talking it's about. It's the Chelsea uh, edition. Enzo Fernandez from Benfica. Um, they This has been in the works for a while, so Enzo Fernandez won Best Young Player for Argentina at the most recently completed World Cup in Qatar. A highly thought of player. They were going back and forth on this right down to the bitter end of yesterday's uh, transfer deadline window. And it's just it, the spending that Todd Bowley and the American Todd Bowley of the Dodgers, now in charge of Chelsea, has done over this window. is It's staggering, staggering the amount of money that they've spent. They have outspent actual leagues, 22-team 20, circuits alone with... Uh, the transfer of uh, Mihala Mudrik from uh, the Ukraine, mm-hmm. and now Enzo Fernandez alone. But there's been other transfers. Well, they have to, too, right? Like They're middle of the table, and that's not good enough for Chelsea. But traditionally, um, the January transfer window has often been scoffed at by pundits. They're like, this is just a chance to get a big, splashy signing that doesn't really work out because they're joining midseason. Right. Sometimes your season has already been dictated to you. Chelsea's trying to put their foot forward and saying, we are big four, we are Chelsea, we are going to make this push. That's a nice little profit for Benfica. So that's another huge story about this, is that there is not a club in the world right now that has made more money selling players than Benfica. And this goes all the way back a few years. I've got the list in the notes there. Um, start uh, 
Angel Di Maria, David Luiz, Axel Witzel, Nemanja Matic, Jan Oblak, Bernardo Silva, Joao Cancelo, go on and on and on and on. And it just seems like there's endless lineage. Mm. The most recent ones that went for huge prices were Joao Felix, who went from there to Atletico, and now he just signed with Chelsea. And um, Diaz, and it's just been this endless supply where they've almost made like a billion dollars selling players they, on. They flipped Olenzo. For like a hundred and ten million dollars, it's incredible. Hundred and ten million euro profit within like a year. Bought for fifteen. How did they sold. get him so cheap? Was he was he less of a name or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're. I mean, that's what they do. Like they, way less of a name. They've got an. They've got an incredible eye for talent with really mm. young players. They've got an incredible academy. And the thing is, is they have positions where these younger players can come in and play and show their worth right away. Like Darwin Nunez is another good example, right? right? When he went to Liverpool, uh, it was based largely off what they saw. Because, I mean, Benfica plays in Portugal, and it's Mm -hmm. a good testing battleground to see if these guys are going to mature. And here's the thing. There's proof in the pudding. All these players that I just mentioned have gone on and performed very well at the sort of top five European clubs where you're like, okay, if we buy a Benfica guy, chances are it's going to work out for us. Okay, let's bang through a couple quick what we learned here. Chuck in Vancouver, what we learned, the Denver Broncos, low on draft capital, yet in desperate need of a rebuild, just traded yet another first and second round draft pick, this time for a head coach. So you saw Is this, that what right? they traded? I know that I, I knew they, they got Sean Payton. I didn't know how much it cost. They get a first and a second round pick. <laughs> Never yeah. mind. Yeah. So they get uh, the Broncos, the Saints do. Sorry. The Strom, Saints. Yeah. Sean Payton was still under contract with the Saints. He mm-hmm. gets the 2023 first rounder, which is 29th overall, the 2024 second round pick for a team that, as you mentioned, had already blown away a lot of draft capital. Because remember, their other first round pick from this year is going to the Seattle Seahawks in the Russell Wilson trade. They had an extra second round pick because of a, a trade that they made. They traded a linebacker. Brad sure. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Uh, this is, it's not, I guess it's a gamble because everything Russell Wilson touches right now is a gamble. Like, is he at all going to come back or is he completely washed? Sean Payton is certainly putting, uh, his legacy on the line in, cause everyone is looking at this and saying, oh, this is going to be Payton and Breeze 2.0. <laughs> we'll and see. I'd be like, I, I would not go that far, but that's what the Broncos mm-hmm. are. And the Broncos have got a ton at stake here. Because this is, I mean, this is 100% a reclamation project now. And you're bringing in the guy. One of the, I mean, great great offensive mind. But, you know, you think about the era. Yeah. Like, Sean Payton was the NFL Coach of the Year in 2006. Mm-hmm. That's almost 20 years ago. a while ago, ago yeah. yeah. So, so I, here, here's a question for you. Yes. What's going to be a more successful duo? Sean Payton and Russell Wilson or Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers with the Jets? Oh, when that, when when that happens, happens. When that happens. Hackett and Rodgers, for sure. So what he's talking about is Hackett, <laughs> by the way. A little bit of a rumor, but. But, the, but Hackett had the shortest tenure ever of a non-interim head coach in Broncos history. Right. Like, he got hired, and they're like, this is great. And then four weeks in, they're like, we've made a huge mistake. Isn't he's, that too good a storyline for it to not happen? It's perfect. I think it, Rogers loved working with Hackett mm-hmm. as an OC. Yeah. I think I don't know if the the shine might have been knocked off a bit. Aaron's like, what happened in Denver, man? Yeah, like, he's you like, were Russell Wilson. You were very, but you were very, well. He was terrible though, Hackett. Like oh, he, he deserved he all the criticisms. Yeah. Uh, to, but to answer your question, uh, it's Hackett and Rogers, even if it's just a mythical idea, because I have no faith, no faith whatsoever that uh, Russell Wilson could be a reclamation project. 
I think he's. I think it can be yeah. marginally better. He can be better. He can be better for sure. He yeah. can be better, but can he be the elite quarterback? The number two scoring mm, offense in the NFL last so. year. The worst offense in the NFL last year was in Denver. Yeah. So there's only one way to go, and that's up. Brian from East Van. What we learned: Bo could be traded again, which would be incredible. What could Lou get back if he were to trade Bo closer to the deadline? As teams get desperate to make moves and solidify their playoff lineup. This is going to be interesting to uh, watch just even over the next few days because if a contract isn't done over the next few days, then the Isles will probably have to go to plan B. Do, right? you, like, do you, you think plan B involves flipping Horvat? Probably, yes. Dang, I think be, we'd have to. The Canucks should have. You can, the, the Islanders cannot. It, it, like If Bo won't sign with them now while they've got exclusive rights to him, they cannot risk – going into battle with all the other teams he could potentially sign for this offseason. The Islanders gave up Beauvillier, which they're probably happy to rid themselves of that cap hit, but they gave up their top prospect in a first-round draft pick. They're not in a playoff position right now, and they probably won't make the playoffs. Like, you cannot, you cannot risk that. You absolutely can't. I still like if if someone were to say, "Do you think this is going to happen?" I'd say probably he's going to ex- extend. That something will get worked out, but if it doesn't, and over the next few days too, like it's most of these deals come together really quickly, mm-hmm. right? They're like, "Okay, we're going to give you the big sell job," and it might take a little bit longer with Horvat because he's got to go to the All Star game. He's on vacation right now. Like mm-hmm. I don't know what his plans are when he's going to actually have this big sit-down meeting with the Isles that I'm sure they're going to have. But if it comes out that they talk contract and Bo is kind of like, uh, I don't know, like they're going to have to flip him. So I was thinking about this last night as we were, I was doing my ben, thorough Benfica research. Uh, <laughs> the Canucks should have negotiated a sell-on clause for Bo. Oh, that'd be awesome. So yeah. it's like if, if you trade Bo Horvat again at the deadline, we want some of that. Right. This is very common in soccer, by mm-hmm. the way. Football. Uh, so it's like you sell a player, and then if that club's going to sell that player for more money, yeah. you get some of that money. Canucks could have got like a seventh-round pick out of the deal. Anything, really. Mm-hmm. That'd that's, be awesome. That's thinking. I got a semi, semi ask us anything for you guys from Kirk the Cracker Factory, but you he brings a semi? up a good, a good yeah. point. Semi. Yeah. Uh, brings up a good point <laughs> that I kind of want to know as well. I don't know if you saw the video we tweeted of uh, Harmon Dial and uh, uh, Dimitri Filipovich yesterday. I sure did. The PDO, pod, uh, PDO cast. Yeah. Uh, man, those guys dressed to the nines. They look great. They look like mm-hmm. a K-pop band. The kids call it drip. Mm. They have drip. So yeah. yes, so Kirk the Cracker Factory guy wants to know since you guys are streaming, why don't you guys try and match their drip? Why don't you, you know, take it to the next level? I here? don't want to. And it's 5:30 in the morning when we have to get dressed. Why that's don't you a, look a little better? That's I, an important okay. great right now. That's an important part of it. Is it's really early in the morning? Yeah. Do you lay out your clothes the night before? Yes. No. Yes. Do you? Yeah, no. I do. You do? Yeah. I don't. I started to. I annoy everyone in the house making a big racket, turning lights on. <laughs> one of those Where guys? are my jeans? Where's my green shacket? Dangling his keys <laughs> super loud. <laughs> <laughs> the green shacket's on video like four times a week. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But see, that's the thing. It's um, a nice shacket. You just think you can't compete? Is that what it is? I can. Um, I just don't want to. I've never been about oh. clothes. Honestly, I, I can do it, but I, I don't want to. I do not. <laughs> I, do not I do not dress. care about clothes, and it shows, right? Like um, it shows. There, there. Uh, Harm's much younger than us. Yeah. Right. Yes. But Dimitri is younger, but not much younger than but, you guys. You guys are old, so. right? But Harm, like, here's the other thing. Um, 
harm it was a huge jacket that he was wearing yeah like it was a big oversized jacket with a big furry collar mm-hmm. um i couldn't sit in this chair for three hours wearing that i'd be like it'd be almost it'd be too uncomfortable. hot yeah yeah oh man i'm just seeing it now for the first time that is a big puffy jacket they look great yeah. right yeah yeah like and we're I, my my level for clothes is like all I want to be is slightly above Moj. Yeah. <laughs> He's your low bar. That's the bar. Right? That's like, the bar. Yeah. If I'm not wearing I'll never forget the day that he came in after he had his makeover. Oh it was amazing. Oh, yes, I was working that day. I yeah. remember. Oh, he had a skip to his step. Oh, it was amazing. He didn't even kind of mention it either. He just kind of like yeah. sashayed in. And you yeah. could totally tell he was looking around just waiting for someone to say it. And he was like, oh, what, this whole thing? Like, yeah. 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 Well, exactly. I smelled his cologne first. And yeah. then I yeah. turned around. I was I, like, was oh, my I, God. I dropped that line. I'm like, Moj looks like he's going nightclubbing in Czechoslovakia. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he said he's got a personal shopper. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, that was awesome. And then, like, three months later, he was back to old the old green Hawaii golf shirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, was, that was my favorite. Or the, the 1986 Minto Cup one. <laughs> Anyway, okay. Marty the Red uh, with a what we learned. By the way, I do wear new hats all the time. That's my drip. You've worn okay. this one a hundred times. Yeah, you've worn that That's a lot. Not a new hat. Uh, Marty the Red, what we learned. <laughs> Listen, this is a soccer one, so you'll be interested. Sweet. No one else will be, but someone else. Sweet. Uh, Ancelotti time. That's all he said. Ancelotti, yeah. Carlo yeah. Ancelotti. I don't see this at all. So there's this longstanding rumor that because Carlo Ancelotti, world-renowned manager, took Real to the Champions League last year, because he's got ties to Vancouver, specifically West Vancouver, his wife's from here, he spends a lot of time here, there's this thought that he is one day going to take this gig and this team. And some are like, they got a guaranteed berth into the 2026 World Cup. Here's my question. Why would he want to align himself with the clown show that is Canada Soccer? The same organization that asks senior players to return sweatsuits and tracksuits so the younger players can use them. It's like the Salvation Army of soccer mm-hmm. associations. Yeah. Like I don't. This was the same thing when the U.S. and all that um, controversy with Greg Bearhalter, and when he was eventually shown the door, someone was like, "Oh, this opens up an opportunity for them to go after Zidane." I'm like, why would he want to do this? <laughs> Your coach just got fired because one of the parents of the players decided that they didn't like him yeah. anymore. Well, he actually said no, didn't he? He was like, "Thanks, but no thanks." And actually, yeah. not even thanks. Just no, no yeah. thanks. Uh, I don't believe I said good luck. <laughs> Doug and Talia in Courtney uh, what we learned my 17 year old daughter and I listen to you guys every morning on the way to school and we would like it to be known that Leafs as in Maple Leafs is not a word yeah that's always been a thing grammatically incorrect proper noun though can't you just make a decision if it's somebody's name the grammar doesn't apply right yeah that's true actually yeah I've heard heard both arguments before Mm -hmm. Right, and I've heard you guys should call them a maple leaves. Right. right. Um, the important thing is that this is the most educated our show has ever been, <laughs> where yeah. someone has used us as a platform. I was like, mm, mm, the proper noun. Yes. Mm. I'm doing the Lenny. Mm, yes. Very interesting. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, unsign what we learned. Oh, I, I got one. If you don't. Well, I've got one. Okay. You panicked. With Brady's retirement, the second-class quarterbacks, Garoppolo, et cetera, just became more overpriced than a used car in Vancouver. No supply and high demand. We're going to have to actually do a little research on this and maybe call in an expert to just talk about the quarterback carousel that could kick off again this offseason. A lot of it's going to be draft-dependent, too. Yes, 
right, of the teams, you know, like the Seahawks could, in theory, still pick a quarterback with that Absolutely. fifth overall pick. I mean, look at the top end of the draft. All, like, I'd say three out of the five teams could very well take a quarterback mm-hmm. and it'd be a justifiable pick. Now, the Seahawks could draft a quarterback and still retain Geno Smith. So you've got um, an opening in Tampa Bay, obviously, in case you missed the news earlier, Tom Brady did retire. You've got Aaron Rodgers, and you've put this out several times, that it seems like the Jets are a possibility. Sure. So that's really cool. I have no idea where Lamar Jackson is going to end up. Mm -hmm. I have no idea where Derek Carr is going to end up. No idea where Jimmy Garoppolo is going to end up. I've read something the other day. It's like the Saints. I'm like, oh, the Saints. I guess that makes sense. Geno Smith, I think he'll be back in Seattle. Mm -hmm. I think they'll franchise tag him. And then you've got this list of draft-eligible quarterbacks. It's it's a really fascinating dynamic. The one that we really need to talk about now in light of Garoppolo and Brock Purdy having a mangled elbow is what what happens in San Francisco at this moment. Don't San they Fr- just go to Trey Lance? They, but none of them are healthy. Right, but they but sh- the, should be. Soon, but they're, right? but they're, there's no guarantee that any of them are going to be ready for the start of next season. <laughs> right. That's the thing. Like Josh Johnson is there. Is like I'm not ready for this. I didn't like what I played last time. I got a concussion. I hate this. But you know, and this time they can't just give the ball back to Garoppolo because he yeah. will conceivably be gone. I don't think he's going to stick around. They can't. Could you imagine, like Jimmy? I know we've one got more time. Yeah, one more. One more. One more run. Anyway, uh, I had one here. Peter and Cloverdale, ask us anything. Did Jacob Markstrom have one or two good years, sign the big contract, and now he's gone back to giving up the pick six at the beginning of a game? So uh, I have a I have a theory that I've heard other people say. So it's not a new theory, but Ooh. I agree. Okay, make with it this fast. Theory. We got two minutes. Go. The o- the Oilers broke the Flames. In that playoffs, the Oilers broke the Flames, huh. and it caused guys to leave. Although they might have been thinking of doing that anyway, um, and they lost their way. They stopped playing like the Calgary Flames. Remember how unbelievable that was that they just fell apart like that. Even in Game One, they were dreadful. Defensively, they just happened to score a bunch of goals and somehow win the game. Yes. The rest of that series, they, they look nothing like a Daryl Sutter coach team. Uh, and okay. now we head into this season, and there's at least a feeling maybe that the Daryl Sutter message is wearing a little thin with this group. Uh, one, I love it. Yeah. The theory's perfect. Yeah, and they were been, broken. Yeah, and now you get to see not only the crumbling, but the fact that they doubled down on the broken team. I want them to miss the playoffs so badly. (laughs) Just because of my long-standing hate of the Flames that goes back to my childhood, I would rather see the Flames miss than the Oilers miss. Because at least I actually like watching McDavid play. I get no excitement whatsoever from watching the Flames play. And all those con- like how horrific would it be? Oh my God! Where after, after you go and get Huberto and Kadri and Uyghur, you miss the playoffs. I think I'm in on this one. I like the theory. It's pretty good. Okay, uh, that music means we got to start wrapping things up because we always talk too long and we never hit our heart out and we screw up the Merrick show. Yada, yada, yada. It's time to go. Thank you all for listening. It's been a lot of fun. We will be back tomorrow and then again on Friday. But for today, we got to go. So signing off, I have been Mike Alford. He's been Jason Bruff. He's been A-Dog. And he has been Laddie. This has been the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.